Hello and good evening and welcome to church. Uh, this is KICC in the greater Toronto area. Uh, normally we meet on Wednesdays at 7 p.m., Sundays at 10 a.m., uh, but in light of uh, recent developments that you're very well aware of, uh, we're moving our services completely online for the time being. Same time, live streams on Wednesdays, 7 p.m., like this moment, and on Sundays at 10 a.m., all right, um, and we know, I know that there's a lot of people having questions, many people are um, genuinely worried. However, uh, you've come to the right place. It's such a privilege to have you join us in church. I mean, we've always said that the church is not the building, the church is not the place, uh, but the church is the people, and this is an opportunity for us to prove that, that we are the church. Um, so once again, it's an amazing privilege to to be able to come into your homes, for those of you at home, for those of you um, maybe driving, for someone who is watching, wherever, whatever it is you're doing, I just want to encourage you to, as much as possible, follow, uh, get your notepads, get your Bible, and enjoy the service experience. All right, uh, for the Sunday live stream, we will ensure that we will, as much as possible, try to make it a complete experience. For today, however, I will be sharing the word with us, um, and I'm sure that you will be blessed. Definitely, I'm sure um, that you will be blessed. Uh, before I go any further, I would just like to say a quick um, word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for this opportunity we have to gather in your presence. Thank you because you indeed are the ancient of days. You are, you were, you will always be. Thank you because nothing catches you by surprise. And it is you who are today in this moment. As we want to look into your word, we ask that you speak to us. Pray for the listeners in the comfort of their homes that this word will bring peace. This word will bring healing. This word will bring transformation. They will receive revelation and that each and every one of us will be blessed. For in Jesus' name, we have prayed. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. All right, I'm going to title this, How We Made It True. How We Made It True how we made it true. I believe it's a very uh, important designation. It's in the past tense. It says how we made it true. All right. So I am happy to announce to you that if you are hearing this, we are going to come out. Not only are we just going to come out panting or coming out like we just barely made it, but we're going to come out standing. We're going to come out not surviving, but thriving. We're going to come out with testimonies and we're going to come out to tell our world and to testify of God's faithfulness. Now, before I go into the crux of what we will be sharing this evening, I just want to, to establish a few um, foundational thoughts to share them with you. And the first thing is that we are living in uncertain times. All right. I am not going to discount that. Lots of people are genuinely scared. A lot of people are genuinely afraid. A lot of people are confused. They don't know where to turn to. There is economic turmoil, social turmoil, health turmoil. And many people are looking for solid, genuine leadership from their political leaders and especially from the church. All right? Many people are just, you know, turning here. Um, my pastor is saying, fear not. My pastor is saying, fear not. I don't get it. Are they not scared? Can't they see what is going on? Haven't they read what happened at this place, at that place? Can they see that this is coming? Are they not scared? Why? Is there something wrong with me? Why is everybody saying I shouldn't be afraid? All right. Um, so I just wanted to address that very quickly, that if you are scared, if you are worried, if you are concerned, you are not alone. 
I just wanted to make that very clear to you. You are definitely not alone. Um, uh, unfortunately, Christians have developed a reputation sometimes for being the most insensitive in times of uncertainty. You're visiting someone maybe who has just lost a loved one or someone who is dealing with some very um, serious situation. And you hear Christians say words like, it is well, this is God's will, be strong, where is your faith? You know, and some of those statements might be well-intentioned, but they come out as terribly insensitive. Yeah? People saying things like, you know, um, it just had to happen for a reason. We can't question God. Yes, we can't question God. But as Christians and as believers, we need to understand that we have the spirit of wisdom. And part of what the spirit of wisdom allows us to do is to give us a word in season. And sometimes a word in season is silence. Hmm. A word in season is silence. Sometimes. All right. So don't be in a hurry. Don't be in a hurry to say something you don't mean. Don't be in a hurry to come out as insensitive. Uh, people are scared. People are worried. What exactly should we do? You know, uh, um, I've been speaking with a lot of people, and some people will be a lot more relaxed if only they can just hear their pastors say, I'm also scared. I'm also worried. Then they just relax a little bit and say, okay, maybe it's not just me. If, I mean, if pastor can be scared, then I'm probably in good company. So you're watching now, and you just want me to eat the nail on the head, and you're saying, PD, are you scared? Are you worried? Are you afraid? Well, I have good news for you. Scripture says, fear not. Am I afraid? No, I'm not afraid. Am I concerned? Yes, I am concerned. And very quickly, I would just like to walk you through the difference between being concerned and being afraid. And I'll run us through some scriptures and we'll continue this conversation on overcoming and how we made it through by God's grace on Sunday, all right? So I am concerned, you should be concerned. I am not afraid, you should not be afraid, all right? Fear not is a repeated instruction in scriptures. Fear not, fear not, fear not. And I'm going to tell us why very quickly. Second Timothy chapter one, verse seven, it says that God has not given us the spirit of fear. God has not given us the spirit of fear. That is instructive. It means that whenever and wherever you encounter the spirit of fear, you should immediately know that this isn't just an emotion. This is not, this is not just a feeling. I'm dealing with a spirit. So the first lesson from that scripture is that fear isn't just a feeling. It's not just an emotion. There is a spirit behind it. And he's saying that the source is not God. So do not entertain your fears. You can be concerned, but as much as possible, ensure that you do not give room to fear. Now, someone is saying, is this, is this just semantics? Is this just, you know, grammar? No, it's not. I'm going to tell you what it means to be concerned and what it means to be afraid. The number one is that once you are afraid, you begin to imagine the worst. You begin to imagine the worst. If you are concerned, you are imagining the best. You are telling yourself, this is a situation. God has promised us that. We will go through the fire, but it will not consume us. We will go through the waters, it will not overwhelm us. Therefore, we are going to come out of this. I am going to imagine the best. That's the difference between being afraid and being concerned. Once you're afraid, you begin to lack creativity. You lack creativity once you're afraid. But once you are concerned, you begin to embrace creativity 
and innovation. For instance, as a church, we are still having service, although online. There's nobody in the room. I know you can't see the auditorium, but there's literally just the technical team in the room. All right, so creativity and innovation has been entertained here. All right, and some of you are going to need to be creative in your devotion. This is a period where a lot of people are skipping their Bible plans. Many people can't study the word. Many, many people are not praying. Many people are not checking on. I mean, once you have a genuine concern, you begin to look beyond yourself. I am able to look to others around you. And then you begin to get creative on ways that you can maintain your relationship with God and your relationship with one another. All right. Another key difference is that once you are afraid, you tend to close up. As we've seen over the past weeks, people are panic buying and being very inconsiderate of generally more vulnerable people or other people who are in need. All right, we begin to close up. You are protecting your own space. Your animal instincts begin to fire up. I need to secure my territory, ensure that I'm fine. However, when you are genuinely concerned, you are reaching out. You are calling friends. You are calling family. How are you doing? Hope you are keeping safe. Hope you are complying with all the recommendations by the authorities. Can I pray with you? Do you mind if I pray with you? What is it that is on your mind? I just want to agree with you. And you bring out your phone. You can even draw a schedule. I'm going to call this person on Monday. Check on this couple of people on Tuesday. On Thursday, you are being a blessing in the midst of chaos. You are being a blessing in the midst of uncertainty. Checking on people, you'll be shocked. How are you doing? They say, fine. Once you probe in a little bit deeper, you discover they are not fine. You are able to pray with them and you've lifted someone out. That is what we as believers and as Christians in this time should be doing. Reaching out and lifting people up because we know that we made it true. Glory to God. Glory to God. The one who is afraid is unable to process data. Unable to process data. They are only able to process emotions. But the one who is concerned is able to ask questions and process data and say, when was the last pandemic? When was the last pandemic before the last pandemic? When was the last economic recession? How did the people of that time make it true? Based on the data, how are we going to make it true? Beyond that, as normal humans, as believers, we go to scriptures and we check in scriptures. What happened at times of uncertainty? What happened at times of chaos? How did God pull his people through? And then you're able to focus on drawing encouragement that if he's done it before, he can do it again. It's the same God yesterday, it's the same God today, and it's the same God forevermore. All right, so I am concerned, you should be concerned, but do not entertain fear. Do not entertain fear. Do not entertain fear. And as I just want to walk us through a couple of uh, very few scriptures, we'll make this um, not a very lengthy um, service for you um, watching, is that God is aware. As much as it doesn't make sense, God is aware. I know many people don't want to hear that. They say things like, how can a loving God just sit on his throne and watch the earth in turmoil? Um, I think part of what has encouraged such thinking is a version of gospel that has been suggested to a lot of people that you become a Christian, you give your life to Christ, and all your problems evaporate or go into thin, into thin, thin here. All right, what you need to know is that we are on earth. For now, we are on this side of eternity. We have a loving father who is mindful of us, and he sees and he knows. He says, Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the earth. 
And I don't want to take us back to the very beginning. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 and verse 2. We are seeing there that right from the very beginning, this is God being introduced to chaos. The Bible tells us, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Verse 2, the earth was without form, was formless. It was void. There was great darkness on the surface of the deep. Now, what was God's intervention to that? Two lessons we can learn very quickly is that the first thing God did is he released the spirits. The Bible tells us that the spirit of the Lord overed upon the waters. And then in verse 3, it says, and God said, and God said. So, dear child of God, two things you need to hold on to in this times, in this period. Number one is the fellowship of the spirits. The fellowship of the spirits. Do not break it, the fellowship of the Spirit. Ensure that you continue to maintain fellowship. Do not be ashamed to take your doubts and your questions to God in prayer. Do not break your prayer time. Many people are at home. Many people are working from home. The kids are home, parents home, daddy home, mom home, some are in self-isolation. Do not break the fellowship of the Spirit. Allow the Spirit of the Lord to over, over the reality of this period. All right, number two, God said, God said. So you are going to have to load yourself with scriptures, with what the word of God says about you, what the word of God says about your future. All right, and I just wanted to say this very quickly, that God's plan for you has not changed. Many of us can remember December 31st, 2019, all the wonderful promises and all the wonderful prophecies that we heard and how God has told us that it's our year of shining, Isaiah 60 verse 1, how God has told us as a church it's our year of unlimited greatness and nothing looks like it's shining right now. Nothing looks like greatness. In fact, you're not even looking, you're not, almost not interested in shining, almost not interested in greatness. You're just saying, God, I just want to barely make it. I'm genuinely, genuinely, genuinely uncertain. All right? Allow me to announce to you, 2020 is not new in God's calendar. From the foundations of the earth, today, clearly known to him. Tomorrow, clearly known to him. Every day of our past, present, and future, clearly known to him. So everything God told you at the beginning of the year is still valid. Everything God told you at the beginning of the year is still valid. All his promises to you are not canceled. Yeah, lots of events, gatherings have been canceled. God's promises to you have not been canceled. I'm only hoping that those under the sound of my voice will rise as champions and take this as an opportunity for true leadership to rise up. And I will prove that is how many people were able to rise and to raise with us. Praise God. Praise God. So I just want to encourage you. I just want to encourage you. Maintain the fellowship of the Spirit. And God said, ensure you are speaking words of faith. Ensure you are decreeing words of faith. I, I understand that many people have become increasingly offended. Some are offended with God. Especially as, as the realities begin to come closer. You've read about it in the news. You've read of, of cases far away. And then it's coming closer. Somebody, somebody close to somebody close to somebody you know. And somebody close to somebody you know. And somebody close to you. All right. And it's, it's, it's getting closer. And, and there is that sense of God. How did we miss this? Many people are offended with God. Many people are offended with their pastors. Offended with their prophets. Nobody prophesied this. Nobody saw this coming. Well, <clears throat> that is not complete truth. Um, 
Scriptures have foretold times of turbulence, times of hardship, times of, of, of pestilence, times of plague. However, in all of those, there remain promises, promises, promises for God's children. Praise God. Promises for God's children. All right? So I just want to walk us through um, a couple of scriptures. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. God has not given us a spirit of fear. Fear is not from God. Do not allow it to settle. Do not allow it to be entertained. You can be genuinely concerned without entertaining the spirit of fear. Maintain the fellowship of the spirit. And God said, continue to declare what God's word says concerning you, what God's word says concerning your family, what God's word says concerning your children, what God's word says concerning the work of your hands. Well, you know, certain times many people are afraid of being laid off. Some have already been laid off. Some, as we speak, are currently jobless. They have no idea how their rents are going to be paid, how their mortgages are going to be paid. Governments are trying to help in various quarters. However, however, God's promises are still true. I want to cheer you up. Some of you are listening to this and saying, this makes absolutely no sense. If God loves me, let him run to my rescue. I've heard songs about him being really in love with me, him chasing after me. So where is he? Where is he? Well, I want to tell you, you might not feel him, but he's right there with you. You might not see him, but he's right there beside you. He's holding your hands. And he's saying, how else can you learn to trust me? How else can you learn to believe that I am here? He's saying that we need, we, need, we need to graduate our relationship from you feeling me to you knowing of a truth in faith that I am there with you even when you don't see me. For you knowing in faith that I am with you even when you don't feel me. Even when you don't feel me. But you know of a certainty that I am there with you. Why? Because his word says so. That is why. Because his word says so. Praise God. Praise God. God has given us a spirit of love, of power, and of a sound mind. Of love, of power, and of a sound mind. And I'll be talking a bit more about that maybe on Sunday or next week, Wednesday, God willing. John chapter 14, verse 1. John chapter 14, verse 1. Jesus speaking says, let not your heart be troubled. Let not your heart be troubled. Let not your heart be troubled. For those who have ways, you are saying, if I was God, I will do things differently. If I was God, I would do things differently. This is a good time for me to prove to the world that I am God. I would just show up in the skies, you know, and just command peace and all of those. And we have our interesting ideas of how God should be God. Well, thank God that man isn't God. Thank God that God is God. God has shown us through scripture that his ways of oppression are different from our ways of oppression. For example, the king of glory is planning to come into the earth. If you were the project manager for that project, I'm sure you will do things differently. Not only would you look for six-star, seven-star, eight-star hotels for the king of kings to be born, you will probably dedicate an island, not just an hotel, maybe an island, to ensure an edifice that is not made of brick. It's gold from top to bottom. Even foundation gold. The room's gold. And then the Virgin Mary goes into the penthouse, golden penthouse with golden angels and midwives and attendants. And the king of glory comes and there's a big light in the sky. But God has shown us in scripture, his ways are not our ways. His ways are not our ways. He chooses to make it very, very lowly. In fact, there was no room for him when the king of glory was coming. That is the God we are dealing with. One who is not accustomed 
to our ways. His ways are not our ways. And then he shows up in John chapter 14, verse 1. And he says, let not your heart be troubled. If he's saying, let not your heart be troubled, it means your heart will have valid reasons to be troubled. And he was speaking at this time, at a point in his ministry, when he had gained massive following, people had followed him, believed him, seen him do great miracles, the disciples had left all to follow him, and then he begins to give them parables. He says, very soon I'm leaving, very soon I'm leaving, very soon I'm leaving. Imagine how different this enfranchising that might be. How can you believe in Where are you living to? You won't die, not on our watch. You're not going to die. Say, you guys don't get it. The original plan was that I need to do this. I need to do this. And they're trying to fight it. So he's saying, let not your heart be troubled. He was saying it to them. He's saying it to you today. You have valid reasons for your heart to be troubled. However, let not. Let means there is going to be active involvement. Let not your heart be troubled. You are going to wake up with uncertainties, valid uncertainties. However, let not your heart be troubled. Why? Believe in God and believe in me also. Believe in God and believe in me also. Isaiah chapter 41 and verse 10. Isaiah chapter 41 verse 10. It says, fear not. Fear not. And I'm echoing that to you, child of God, or anyone watching across the internet, whether you're a Christian, whether you're not a Christian, whether you're a believer or you're not a believer, and you've just stumbled on this broadcast. Fear not. Fear not. It says, I am with you. Fear not. I am with you. It says, I will strengthen you. I will strengthen you. I will strengthen you. I was trendy. There's, there's nothing as heartbreaking as, as watching a strong person break down. By strong person, I don't mean muscles. I mean someone with mental strength. The, the, when the encourager needs encouragement. All right. He says, I will strengthen you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Fear not. As difficult as it might sound, fear not. There's a scripture we used um, during the prayer this morning. Um, and I want to bring it back to Psalm 136, verse 13 and 14. You're probably familiar with Psalm 136, um, the psalm that talks about the Lord is good, his mercy endures forever. Verse 13 and 14, it says, Who parted the Red Sea for his mercy endures forever? He says, and he took Israel through the midst of it for his mercy endures forever. So I have good news for you. I know you might be more comfortable if I didn't use an adjective, if I just said I have news for you. Maybe I shouldn't call it good news. I have news for you. You will make it true. You will make it true. This is not motivation gibberish. This is fact. You will make it true. You will make it true. Why? Because his mercy endures forever. His mercy endures forever. Many asking, how do I even pray at such a time as this? What will my prayer point be? I find myself having more questions than having basis for conversation. Well, I'm going to encourage you, learn the art of intercession, especially if you're a believer. This is the time for you to stand in the gap for others, for you to stand in the gap for others. Pray for your pastors. Your pastors are not super, super men who are immune to what is going on. They are people too. They have families. They have wives. They have husbands. They have kids. Some have jobs. They have bills. They see what is going on. They are holding on to the word. In the same way they are encouraging you to hold on to the word, they are also holding on to the word. Let's pray for them. Let's pray for them. Let's pray for our political leaders. 
there's need for strong leadership all over the world. If your country has a president, pray for your president. You might not love him, you might not love her. If your country has a prime minister, pray for a prime minister. We have a prime minister here in Canada. We're praying for him, praying for him for wisdom, for guidance, that God will see him through and help him in making decisions that will have positive impact. He has a cabinet, he has a team. We're praying for all of them. Pray for your leaders. You might not like them. This is not the time for partisanship. This is a time for intercession, for wisdom. We all need wisdom at such a time as this. And if anything, by the time we've come through this, we will be amazed at how truly we can move forward when we all come together as a people. When we all come together as a people. So pray for your political leaders. Pray for your mayors. Pray for your premiers. Pray for your prime ministers, your senators. If you are in a system of parliament, pray for your members of parliament. Pray for your presidents. Pray for your governors. Pray for your local government chairman. Wherever you are, pray for them. They need your prayers. They need it more than ever before. Pray for yourself. Pray for your family. Speak into your future. Speak into your future. One of the things and the olds of fear is that it prevents you from seeing tomorrow. It's, you, you can even almost barely see today. It's telling you it's over. There's that voice whispering, and he's saying it's over. This is the end. Be scared. Be very scared. Be very, very afraid. However, you are making statements about your future. And whenever the devil shows up, you remind him, you are the father of liars. You've never spoken the truth. If indeed you are telling me this is the end of me, you've just told another lie. Therefore, I know this is not the end of me. And by the time he's trying to bring up your past, you remind him of his future. You bring the blood, and you say, devil, you had just one job. You had just one job to prevent the Lord and Savior from dying. He says, if they had known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Satan, you had one job. You already, you already blew it. Therefore, this, you are going to blow this. You are definitely going to blow this. I am going to come out stronger. My children are going to come out stronger. The church of God is going to come out stronger. Our cities are going to come out stronger. Our nation is going to come out stronger. It might not make sense. It might look like this is the end of it. But we know that it is not over until God says so. It is not over until we win. We know not just are we going to make it true, but we know that we already made it true. We already made it true. We already made it true. I needed it to sink in. I need it to sink in. I need it to sink in. We already made it true. There's probably somebody watching, and you're saying, hmm, you're saying a lot of things, and I'm trying to follow you, I'm trying to reason with you. What you're saying makes sense. However, it still doesn't make sense. Yes, it can't make sense, unless you have made a decision to accept Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior. So if you are watching, um, this is not religion. This is not an invitation to join a church. This is an invitation to receive a life, the very life of God. And you're listening and you're saying, well, I might as well just give this a chance. I might as well just give this a shot. And I'm inviting you to say, don't just see this as you're giving it a chance. I'm inviting you to tell you, this is the best decision I ever made in my life. This is the very best decision I ever made. This is the best decision you can ever make. And there's no better time to do it than now. No better time to do it than now. And you're saying, Pastor, 
I need you to pray with me. I've been scared. I feel I've been tormented by the enemy. I feel like I've been receiving a lot of lying voices. I've tried church before. I've tried religion before. I've been disappointed. I've been abused. I've been bastardized. I've been lied about. I'm done with church. I'm done with religion. But now I'm willing to give God another chance. Hey, guess what? God is there waiting for you with open arms. And he's saying, come on. Come on, my son. Come on, my daughter. I'm here to receive you. I'm here to welcome you. I just want me to pray with you. Uh, for someone watching, you're saying, I just, I, I've had this symptom in my body. It's unrelated to this current pandemic. It's been there for a while. I've heard God heals. I've heard that he can heal. I don't know why he has just chosen not to heal me. I, I've had people pray for me. I'm just open and trusting that maybe you can also pray for me. And perhaps, all right, I know it's a wide audience uh, once we're preaching uh, on the internet. So I do not know where you are in your walk with God or even if that walk exists in the first place. But I'm going to, to pray with you and trust God that if you are just making a decision for Christ, Welcome to the most wonderful family in the world, all right? We are not perfect people. You probably know a lot of imperfect Christians, uh, but we are people of joy. We are people who have joy of the Holy Ghost. We are people who are growing and discovering more day by day who we are in Christ and glorifying Christ in our day-to-day -day lives. So I'd love to pray with you if you fall into that category. Uh, I'm going to also agree with you as we rebuke the spirit of fear. And also, we're going to intercede for the land. We pray for our leaders. I hope, I hope it's fine if we do just that. So remember, we made it true. I want you to remind yourself over and over, I made it true. 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 You're sinking it in. Second Timothy 1, 7, God has not given me the spirit of fear. Therefore, I refuse to accept it. He's giving me love, power, a sound mind. John 14, verse 1, let not your heart be troubled. I will not permit my heart to be troubled. I will not permit myself to sink into depression. I will not permit myself to sink into confusion. My heart will not be troubled. I will believe in God and I will believe in him. All right. And remember what we said from Genesis, the spirit of the Lord hovered and God said, maintain fellowship, union with the Holy Spirit. Insist, make your confession what God is saying. Make your confession what God is saying. And I hope that this word will reach your heart as seed on good soil and that it will bear much fruit and that it will bear much fruit. It's been an unusual service. It's been an unusual broadcast. On Wednesdays, normally we will dig deep into the word, open scriptures and try to dissect. Uh, but I was led very strongly to bring you this word of encouragement. I'll pick it up from here by God's grace um, next week Sunday. I have no doubt in your heart you're going to be around. You're going to be in good health. We're going to pray for protection. Pray, we're going to pray for our health workers and others in the front lines who are helping us fighting this all over the world. All right, we're going to stand in the gap and intercede and pray for them. We're going to pray for leaders, and I'll be praying for you also, if you don't mind. Wherever you are, if you're not driving, um, if your current location permits you, you could just close your eyes. Uh, if you are not able to close your eyes where you are, please let your eyes be wide open for safety purposes, but ensure that you're in tune and that you are praying along. First and foremost, we are going to pray for as many who want to make a decision for Christ. At a time when the church is being bastardized, at a time when pa people are saying, no pastor saw this coming, no prophet warned us. <coughs> Interesting assessment. All the warning and including all the promises we need are found in scripture, if only we will listen. 
if only we will listen. So I'm going to pray with you very quickly. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for this time we've spent encouraging ourselves with your word. I pray for as many who are under the sound of my voice saying, pray with me. I've lost it at some point. I've lost it at some point. I need to retrace my step back home. And I want to agree with them that they admit their sin. They admit that you, Jesus, came, you died for them. You were buried, you rose again, and that you are alive again to live in them. Thank you, Father, because by virtue of them believing in their hearts and confessing with their mouths, they receive the empowerment of your grace to live a life that pleases you, to turn from every wicked way, and to begin to live a life that brings you glory. I pray for them that the life of God will come on their inside, that they are filled with your spirit, they are empowered to begin this new journey. Your word tells us that if any man being Christ, he is a new creature. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. I prophesy into their life that indeed they will experience newness. In every area of their lives, they will experience newness. Thank you, Father, because they have become a part of this family and they will remember this moment for good all the days of their lives. In the mighty name of Jesus. In Jesus' name we have prayed. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Very quickly, I want to agree with as many who are saying, Pastor, I thought it was just anxiety. I thought it was just panic. I think it's becoming clinical now. I'm genuinely, genuinely worried. Please pray with me. Father, I agree with your sons and your daughters, as many who are connected to us, and who are saying that they see no hope. They see no light at the end of this tunnel. They feel that indeed they've come to the end. They've heard this message of hope, but they know it goes beyond the intellect. It goes beyond a, an excitement of your flesh. It goes beyond just a motivation that things will be better. I pray that the power of your spirit will come on your inside and that there will be no room for that spirit of fear. We rebuke and banish every spirit of fear in the mighty name of Jesus. And we decree that your sons are free, your daughters are free. That weight is lifted. Every weight and spirit of everyness, every garment that is pressing them down is lifted. In the mighty name of Jesus, we decree that they are free. In the name of Jesus, yes, even right now, they feel like that weight is gone. In the midst of hopelessness, they have hope. In the midst of darkness, they see light. In the mighty name of Jesus, thank you, gracious Father, for in Jesus' name we have prayed. Very quickly, I want to quickly intercede and stand in the gap for our leaders, political leaders, spiritual leaders, church leaders, general overseers, decision makers, health workers at the front line. Father, we release your grace and your mercy. We release your grace and your mercy. We release your wisdom for our leaders, for our frontline workers, for those working overtime, night and day, to ensure that our communities, our cities, and our nations are safe. We place them, Father, under your cover, and we ask that your mercy will prevail in the mighty name of Jesus. We pray for wisdom. We pray for direction. We pray for protection. We, pray, we build the wall of fire around them that they will be surrounded. In the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, because you've heard us. For in Jesus' name we have prayed. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Dear child of God, if there was any time you needed to be close to the word of God, it is now. If there was any time you need to be close to the fellowship, the koinonia of the spirit, it is now. All right? Do not forget God's promises to you are not canceled. God has not canceled 2020. He's not waiting for 2021 aggressively. 2020 is not new to him. He saw this, he is with us, we've got this, and we will make it true. 
So it's still our year of shining. Isaiah 60 verse 1, Arise and shine, for thy light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Don't forget verse 2. It says, Darkness shall be upon the land, great darkness upon the peoples, but the Lord, the glory of the Lord, the light will rise over you. Verse 3, it says, Nations will come. Nations will come. Nations will come to your shining. Kings to the brightness of your dawn. All right? So be encouraged. Be encouraged. It's still our year of unlimited greatness. It's still our year of shining. God's promises are sure. God's promises are sure. God's mercy, God's protection remain upon us. God bless you. And thank you for joining us this evening. We hope you will join us on Sunday online, please. Online, 10 a.m. on Sunday. We promise that it's going to be a wonderful experience. Don't disconnect. That is what the enemy wants. Don't disconnect physically. Don't disconnect mentally. When you join online, participate. Be blessed and God bless you. I'll be seeing you soon by God's grace. Remember, you are a champion and it's still our year of shining. God bless you.